Welcome to another bonus episode of Tim Talk, the podcast occasionally about the DC animated Every once universe. In a while. <laughs> Bruce Tim's animated universe. Uh, we are picking up where we left off last week and finishing out our 2018 year in review. Uh, the conversation got so long that Cameron had the great idea. The great idea. Just brilliant and great. The bright idea. Thank you. To split it up into two pieces. I so. only give the bright, the brightest ideas we brightest can. Brightest ideas possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this time we're going to be talking about our top five films of the year plus honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I think it's, yeah. There's some therapy thrown in there too, basically. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's, it's, a, it's a nice long episode. Yeah. It's, uh, it's you're going to get to know us on a very personal level very personal level it's a it's a big great time had by all but uh yes we leave you now to join a recording already in progress yes but yes i'm I'm curious how many of your favorite comic book movies uh only one really made into your top five Mm -hmm. okay all right so for you number five so i mine mine are not in any specific order i I couldn't get myself to organize (sighs) these in, in a top five. So it's just Cameron. overall five. Okay. I mean, mine actually is basically numbered, but all right. Okay. Well, g- give me two seconds. No, I'll, I'll put mine in order. <laughs> okay. Got my order. Uh, so number five for me <clears throat> was a movie called Searching. Okay. Which I don't think you ever saw. Did I you? I never saw it. You said it was great. Yes. But it just didn't really interest me. But it, re- remind us all. Searching is John, John, Jonathan. John Cho. Cho. John Cho. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, A.K.A. Sulu. Yes. Uh, it is him uh, hunting for his daughter who's gone missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of the interesting perspective of the movie is everything is done from the perspective of a screen. Okay. So either um, either he's FaceTiming, he's on his computer, and you see the browser kind of moving around. Um, those are kind of the main two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just such a, a unique storytelling device yeah. that I really it it starts off being a little annoying at the beginning but once you kind of get into it it's really cool and there's only one scene where I felt like they were kind of slowed down because of that when it's they they needed a setting shot and so he sets up security cameras in his uh in his brother's house okay just so you can see like him interacting with his brother without needing a phone okay yeah mm-hmm. they had to find some way to get it in there yeah but, I mean, you can kind of forgive it at a certain point for having to stick to its premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a great... I don't I, I don't want to say thriller, because it's more mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw it came out like a week or two after A Simple Favor, mm-hmm. which they're very similar stories, but Searching just does it so much better. There's so much heart in it. It's, it's just so... And like I said before, uh, this list is mainly movies that surprise me the most. Yeah. Uh, and this movie just really kind of blew me away. Like, I really had fun with this film. I've seen it pop up in a few people's best of lists. Mm-hmm. It's one I should probably just go watch at some point. I recommend it. Yeah, I do need to check Clearly, it out. Clearly. Because it's, it's, yeah, it's literally in your top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your number five? Bad Times of the El Royale. Oh, I also <laughs> saw this film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had, honestly, I had a very hard time putting together this list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started off because I have a, an app called to do movies which i go through and every time i watch a movie whether it's my first time seeing it or not or if it's new or not i check it off and i give it a star rating and Mm -hmm. so i started with that app to kind of like look at the movies i saw this year and what got higher ratings for me and it was a tough year because um as i will explain with my number one there's only really one movie this year that like really 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 stuck with me Mm -hmm. that i like absolutely loved and will probably 
continue to be one of my favorite movies for a long it's time. It's also on my list. Oh, good. As mm-hmm. it should be. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> only one did that. A lot of the rest of them were either meh or I was like, oh, I really enjoyed watching this. But it didn't stick with me. I mean, we were talked about it a bit with the comic book movies, too, where a lot of them were really well done and really good, but it's kind of meh, meh. So I tried to focus on <clears throat> what stuff really did kind of linger with me, what stuff made me want to go back and revisit or made me kind of like dwell on and think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I picked Bad Times because it's a unique film. Very unique. I've never seen anything like it. I think it definitely has its flaws and pacing-wise, it's a little bit long, mm-hmm. and there's some kind of slowish parts. But it's got a lot of really good twists and turns, um, some amazing performances. And I actually, I found it surprisingly emotionally affecting. I think that's another kind of like theme through a lot of the stuff I picked, just stuff that like kind of got to me emotionally because I'm a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going to break, I want to break through there one day, Chris. I know, you'll get through. I won't say what made me actually like kind of get emotionally affected by it. I'll, I'll say it. Chris Hemsworth took his shirt off. Well, I mean, that's... Hmm. <laughs> uh, Cameron, I mean, erect- you, you can talk about it. It's fine. Erections do not count as we personal all, growth. We all know. Um, I mean, that's always... I mean, it's, it is growth. <laughs> it's, it's growth of sorts. Uh, no, there, there is a sequence in the finale that really... It's so good. It really, yes. really... Uh, um, I didn't appreciate it until I could talk about it with someone. Yeah, but it really got to me. And um, it, it's just... It's very clever. Drew Goddard, I think, is a really interesting filmmaker and writer. Um, and it's a, for those who don't know, the basic concept is that there's a hotel. So it's like the mid 1960s, maybe like 1963, 64. Yeah. And there's a hotel that lives on the border between California and Nevada. So one half you can say, and it's California and the other half is Nevada. And like, there's like certain rules apply. Like you can gamble on the Nevada side and all this other stuff. I mean, you can drink, you can only drink in the California yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. And, um, basically a whole bunch of different people show up at this hotel at the same time. Some by happenstance, some by intent. Mm-hmm. And also the hotel is, is like, it's past its heyday. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's outside of its like real popularity point. Um, and the, all the people kind of clash and their stories interweave. Um, and it's, it's just very inventive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a weird one, but it's, it's, I think it's yeah. worth a watch. Yeah, um, I think so too. It, it's a fun, it's fun to watch. I think it's better with a group of people. I think like, so. Usually I'm, I'm very against, like, I'm very much a solo film watcher. Yeah. I hate distractions. Yes. But this is a fun one to like, kind of have friends along. It's like, what, what just happened? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And it's I, I saw it with a mostly empty theater. It's like like a matinee showing or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but also just really great performances. Jeff Bridges in that movie mm-hmm. is unbelievable. I mean, he's always really good, but he's exceptional in this. Like I, I think he's worthy of recognition, like awards recognition. Okay. I don't think he'll get it. I think the movie is just a little too out there. Mm-hmm. But I think he's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, what is your number four? Crazy Rich Asians. That was in my honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also amazing. It's amazing, yeah. And again, it's a movie that um, I think... It's, it's, it's sad to say that a movie that features an all-Asian cast would be considered groundbreaking because mm-hmm. it hasn't happened since the Joy Luck Club back in like the 90s. But it is groundbreaking. Um, but it is also just really fucking good. Yeah. Like... It has an incredible soundtrack. The performances are great. It's genuinely funny. It's genuinely heartfelt. Um, you know, I think there are really good stakes in there that come from an emotional place, which can often be challenging to do. And it's it's kind of a rom com, but it almost seems dismissive to flip, like fit into that category because mm-hmm. there's so much going on. Um, 
Constance Wu is incredible. Henry Golding had a good year this year. He was also in A Simple Favor, which... Yeah, because he wasn't an actor before this year. I think people need to understand that this is the first year Henry Golding decided to be an actor. And he's awesome. I've heard some people say that he can make a good Bond, and I actually agree with that. It's believable that he just now decided he wants to be an actor. Like, Like, look at his IMDb page, and it's so funny because... There's nothing on it. <laughs> no. There's nothing there. And he he's just so, he's so charming. And, oh, my God, there, so much can be shed, said for um, Michelle Yeoh in this movie. Like, her character is, deli- like, cruel out of necessity, but also you get where she's coming from and, and has a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie made me cry. Interesting. Actually, hang on. Let me think about this. One, two... Okay, three of my five movies made me cry. Okay. This one is, it's also like, I mean, I won't won't beat around the bush. We we both come from fairly privileged households. Yes. And so kind of like we know a lot of these negative things, clearly not to this extreme. Like we're not fucking millionaires on a podcast. Yeah. We're not Um, flying private jets. Right. We're like first class intercontinental. Mm -hmm. I mean, private helicopters is different. Like that's, that's, you know, we can handle that. I mean, do you know how long it takes me to get just like the two miles between your apartment and mine? Mm-hmm. I'm going to drive that? No. Oh, hell no. Me? No. I'm going to drive the 15 minutes to the closest helicopter. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but like, I know, like a lot of these stories I can relate to because I, I have people or I know people from high school or from family that, that deal with a lot of this shit. Yeah. And it's like, it's real. Yeah. It, I mean, I like that it, yeah, it addresses the kind of like the challenges of like coming from different socioeconomic backgrounds. And I think it approaches it from both sides too. Yeah. I mean, like the whole point is to be more accepting, which is, should always be the goddamn point. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I was really impressed by this movie. Mm-hmm. It, I haven't watched it again, but I want to watch it again. I, I watched it a second time on, no, I didn't because I, I was always angry every time I flew it's not on any uh, airplane flights. Really? And that, that makes me very angry. That's really disappointing. Yeah. It's a, it's a great airplane movie. And that's not a dismissal. Like, in my yeah. mind, a great airplane movie seems as a great iTunes movie. Like, the sort mm-hmm. of movie you buy, you have an iTunes, because everyone's there. I'm just sitting down and watch this, whether you're on a plane or on the road or yeah. at home. It's just a really well-made, fun film. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go see it, girl. Uh, my number four... Uh, I've been raving about it all year, mm-hmm. and I'm happy I can finally put it on my list. Thoroughbreds. Okay, I still haven't seen it. That's fine. No one did. <laughs> yeah, I know you loved it, though. I love this movie way more than I should. Mm-hmm. I think just because, like I said, this movie surprised me so much. Like, I went in with no expectations, and yeah. this movie was so weird. None of these fit my, like, typical criteria of film, and mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about my 2018 was I just did a lot of experimenting with films. Yeah. Uh, and this one is is just bizarre. It's for people who don't know or don't remember, uh, it's two high school girls uh, kind of reignite their friendship after not being together for a few years. Um, and they reignite it through the planning to murder one of their stepdads. I love it. Uh, and it's amazing. Anton Yelkin, it's Anton Yelkin's oh. last film. And so seeing him just always, it just hurts a little bit to see it. I, I had a moment the other day when I, I walked into a bar and there was a guy in front of me and he looked really similar to Anton oh. Yelchin. And this is over in Beverly Hills. I had a moment like, is that Anton Yelchin? I'm like, oh wait, no, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. And, and it just made me so sad. Yeah. Uh, but he's amazing in it. The, the two girls are amazing in it. 
one of one it's, of them. It's is... Anya Taylor Joy and Olivia Cook, right? Yes. So Anya Taylor Joy, who was uh, in, um, oh fuck, what's it called? The Witch. Yes. Which is really good. I watched it recently. It's, it's okay. really good. She's in that. She's also going to be in New Mutants whenever the fuck that comes out. Mm-hmm. And then Olivia Cook was from uh, Bates Motel, but also Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Oh, and also she's the main girl, and she's what's her face in. She's Artemis. Oh, she's Artemis, right? In, of course, in Ready yeah. One. yeah. Can't believe I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she—they're both great actresses, really great actresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, that's on my list of things to try and get caught up on. It's—it's um, it's very weird. Like I have to emphasize, it's a weird movie. Mm-hmm. The set—the the main song in that is like—I can't really listen to it because it's that bizarre. Yeah, it's kind of just. It's not, I don't want to say it's a song. It's kind of just noises. Is it the soundtrack? It's just kind of like weird noises? Well, the soundtrack The soundtrack is fine. It's just the, the theme song. The theme, oh, okay. Hmm. The main song from the film is just like heavy, heavy, heavy breathing to a beat. It's <laughs> kind of how I explain it. It's like an ASMR remix? Yes. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a fun, weird movie, and if you if you just want something just completely different, mm-hmm. I'd check it out. Okay, yeah, I, it's on my list of stuff to get caught up on, so I gotta go check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll do my three. Yeah, we did your four first. Uh, my three is Tully. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I specifically picked movies that you hadn't seen. <laughs> I love it though. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It's Jason Reitman, right? Yes. Yeah, and then with Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. and she's a mother. She's yes. Uh, it's a movie. It's, it sounds very depressing, but it's very funny and it's very good and it's incredibly heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a movie where Charlize Theron just has her third child. Um, her her first child is on the cusp of adolescent or of a of, of puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, her middle child has a mental disorder. Oh my god! Uh, and she just had a third baby. Yeah. And she's having severe postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, very severe. And so she hires a night nanny, which oh. I did not realize was a thing. Oh, someone just like basically while she's sleeping, someone to take care of the baby? Yeah. Yeah. So she, the, the night nurse comes in at like 10 at night and then leaves in the morning. Uh, and that is played by Mackenzie Davis. Okay. I was like, it was, was just adorable. I knew it was Mackenzie. And I was like, it's not Mackenzie Crook because that's the weird looking dude from Pirates of the Caribbean slash The Office. <laughs> but yes, Mackenzie Davis. Oh yeah, she was. Um, she's in *Halt and Catch Fire*, which is another great series that I I've to, heard really good things finish. about that. Yeah. yeah, and she's also. Uh, okay, she was in *Blade Runner* twenty forty nine. She was the um, the Martian. The, the prostitute. Oh yeah, she was in the Martian. Yeah, she's the Martian. Like, she's one of the Martian she's, in *Blade Runner*. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's *Total Recall*. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, she plays the yeah the prostitute in. This seems like such a dismissive way of describing your character. I know. She's, she's amazing. <laughs> but that's what she wants. Wait, was the Blade Runner 2049 was last year, right? Yeah, that was 2017. Okay. Fuck, that movie's good. Mm-hmm. Again, I need to go back and rewatch that, but whoo. Uh, gotta dig in. Yeah, Tully is just so good and weird. Again, it, it's something that I would never, I'd never watch again. I mean, I will watch right. it, but it's yeah. not something that like I'm stri- like going out of my way to look for. Yeah. And I remember when the movie ended, I just called my mom immediately and just like, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, the ending is a fucking deep cut. Yeah. It, it like, it's, it's stang and it's stung and it's still with me. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it's good. Okay. It's such a good movie. All right. I got to go. I got to go. Watch. See, I love this. This is really interesting, actually, because I think 
at the end of it, my list is probably gonna be more mainstream, and yours <laughs> is gonna be more obscure. Well, it's because again, it's movies that surprise surprised me the most. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, no, I gotta go your, see it. With your three, uh, Infinity War. We've okay. already we've already talked about it, but mm-hmm. again, it's it's one that stuck with also me. Also, my honorable mentions. Yeah, I, I mean it, it. For obvious reasons, it has inclusion because it really stuck with me. It got me to go see it multiple times in theaters. It's one I'm willing to go back and watch again. That, that's kind of something that's a bit of a theme with all these. Like, mm-hmm. it, they hang with me a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's great. So, yeah. Your number two. Uh, my number two is, I think your number one, mm-hmm. is Love, Simon. Okay, yeah. It, it is my number one. So we'll, we'll get to that at the end there. Um, my number two is Incredibles, Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2, yep. So. Amazing film. Yes. So, uh, so good. So again, we've already talked about it. Yeah. But uh, it's just, I think it's very sweet and sincere and... It's just tons yeah. of fun. So yeah, my okay. number one is Spider Man. So okay, okay. And, so, and I, I think it's just because it's so fresh for me. Yeah. That like it's it's all I've been talking about. It's all I've been thinking about. Yeah. I literally just spent like a week just drawing Spider Gwen over and over again. They're really good. You've been yeah. posting some of them. They're really really oh, awesome. You. She's such a fantastic character. She's got mm-hmm. a great design. She's such a good design. Haley Steinfeld. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. Another banner year for another <laughs> actor. Uh, but let's talk about Love, Simon for a little bit. Uh, you talk about Love, Simon first. Because it's such a good film. I think, yes. It, I, it takes the tropes of high school film, of, of high school romance films, and just kind of brings it into, into a new generation. I feel like all high school rom-coms or romance films are still based off of the 80s format. A little bit, yeah. With, with 16 Candles and everything. And this one is just like, no, that doesn't work. That's not how it works anymore. Yeah, they're, they're kind of based off 16 Candles but with less sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. But what's great about the film is the main character... Uh, I, I forgot everyone's name. Hold on. Um, Nick Robinson's the actor. Yes. But Simon? Yeah, that's his name, <laughs> Simon. Because uh, Blue... blue I, was, I, thought like, I thought Simon was the guy he was talking to. I know that's Blue. Yeah. Simon, um, he still has the mindset of an 80s romance yeah like he he still wants the meet cute moment he still wants the kind of uh the mystery and the romance of it all but that's not what's happening no so he's every every turn is wrong mm-hmm. because he's expecting the the grand announcement like it like he's expecting the boom box or something like that. yeah and they actually do that moment and it goes disastrously which is yes. also fun mm-hmm. uh god that movie's just so warm and yeah i also watched it on i watched it two times in theaters and once on the plane yeah and just like i have a problem with crying on planes now because whenever i watch a movie i just get very emotional i think i i don't know maybe it's just like did 2018 just break us so bad yeah. that we're just like more <laughs> okay we're gonna go a little deep here do you ever have moments where you're just like man i wish i would cry right now like you're not particularly sad but like you just feel like emotionally like constipated and you just need to like get it out um not, not to that extreme. Okay, maybe there's something wrong with me. <laughs> maybe I should go back to see maybe a therapist. Maybe you should go see a therapist. <laughs> yeah, I probably should. Um, but no, like I have those moments sometimes. I just I feel like, like I said, emotionally constipated, and it's just mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm feeling a lot. I need to get it out there, and so I have certain movies that I go to that I know will make me cry. Love Simon's one of them. Yeah. Uh, Wally, yeah. Up, um, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Every fucking time. Um, certain episodes Wait, of Futurama. Whenever you hear talk, oh god. Um, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. But yeah. actually, the... Um, that one's just not fair. The the one that actually really, really gets me is Luck of the Fryrish. Oh, that one's... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm pretty close to my brother, and mm-hmm. so, like, brother stories. Um, Big Hero 6 will do yeah. that to me, too, where it's just, like... 
it's you know it's like we butt heads so, we, we butt heads sometimes but it's like i watched that episode and it's like i think i'll call west um yeah i i i i was i was some oh i was when i was at the hotel for my friend's wedding mm-hmm. i was flipping through channels and nothing was really on yeah and i'm like oh futurama's on great and of course, it's fucking Jurassic Park. Oh. And I'm like, are you? Fu-? I, I think I like, yelled in my room. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And then no one heard you because no one else was staying in that hotel. No one. That was the one of the worst hotels experience. <laughs> Trey, I know you're listening to this. Why did you pick that hotel for us, Trey? <laughs> that place was weird and decrepit. It wasn't decrepit. <laughs> it sounded it, terrible though. <laughs> Um, but no, like I think with Love Simon, uh, our friend Shane, I think put it best. He called it what, like uh, a a B plus movie with A plus touches. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good way of describing it because it, it, I mean, it's, I guess kind of like what you're saying with Black Panther, where there's not a lot happening. There's not uh, so much super originality going on there. Like the structurally, it it kind of fits a lot of molds we've seen before. Mm-hmm. But what's actually happening is a lot different. So they'll take you know things and turn it on its head, and also. Just the fact that it's a really pleasant, upbeat rom-com with gay leads is yeah. huge. And I've talked about this before, where you know, something like Call Me By Your Name is great because it's set in the 1980s. It's pre-AIDS. And so, and also, it just even though that was a just being gay was a stigma at the time, it's not about the stigma, mm-hmm. um, which is very progressive. And it's not a coming out story in a lot of ways, whereas this is. But I think it handles it in a, in a much more pleasant way because it, it doesn't fit the same mold of like, oh, there's someone basically telling you, no, you can't do this. Um, I don't know. I think for me, it hits the beats of stuff that I just love in a movie in terms of just, it's really fun and funny and pleasant, but it also has genuine moments of heart and drama has an amazing soundtrack. Yes. So over the break, I read the book that's based off of, which is, it's mostly pretty similar actually. Um, and it's also just really good book. When was the book written? Um, I don't know. I don't know actually. Um, but it's it's good. The book is called Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, mm-hmm. um, and you know you can see where they translate a lot of elements. So in the book, they talk a lot about music. Obviously, there's no music playing. It's a fucking book. Yeah, but it's different music in the movie. But it's still an incredible soundtrack. I was listening to it as I was driving back down from um, from NorCal over Christmas, and so uh, it's just like okay. it's a it's a beautiful. It's just a really fun movie. It's really fun and funny. And yeah, I saw it twice in theaters. And I, th- I think I mentioned this before, but the second time I saw it, I actually got to go to a screening on the Fox lot. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Talk yeah. About and this. Greg Berlanti, who was the director, but he's also very famous for doing all the Arrowverse stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there and he was doing Q&A. And I, I basically asked him a question so I could make my comment, which was that, you know, I, I love this movie because, you know, it's very accessible. And it's a movie people can see. And I, you know, the way I put it, it was like, my parents aren't going to go watch Call Me By Your Name, but they might end up seeing Love, Simon. They might understand me better as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I love it so much is that I think of all of the movies that I've seen that like speak to the experience of being gay, this was most relevant to me. I think one is like the character and I come from very similar backgrounds. Like again, like we talked about it before, like, you know, upper middle class parents, you know, very supportive. Mm-hmm. Whole family is really like fun and sweet and supportive and everything and as all my friends and it's just like it the movie is kind of about how hard it is to come out when there are no like obvious barriers other than yourself yeah like he's it's his own just fear of change and of um you know kind of having to announce who he is that um makes it tough and also like you're talking about how he has the mindset of like an 80s rom-com sort of thing Mm -hmm. and that's something that was always tough for me too is that like my 
a lot of my life was very just hetero. Like that's all I ever knew. I didn't, I was like the first of all my friends to come out. Um, I only really got gay friends when I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my mind still, still stems from like a very like leave to beaver sort of like traditional family, like mom, dad, two kids, golden retriever, white picket fence. Mm-hmm. And you have this idea of these like, these moments that should happen in your life. And like, for me, none of those ever happened. And I can see that something like Simon struggling with is that he has this mindset of like, Oh, he wants to have like the meet cute and all these kind of traditional romantic story ideas, or, like moments in his life. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm watching it, there's the, the sort of acknowledgement of kind of like the sadness in some ways of seeing a character getting to experience things that I never got to, will never get to experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I think that's part of the reason it's like so just emotional fucking gut punch. And um, I don't know how much I've talked about in the podcast, but like when I came out to my folks, it was okay. <laughs> Better than some, worse than a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, part of it too is just, again, watching a situation where the parents were just like, oh yeah, like it's sweet, you're you, you know, um, and really getting it and being like, fuck, that would have been cool. <laughs> but also like, it, but at the same time, appreciating the relationship I do have with my parents now after having gone through all that. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I guess for me, the film is very bittersweet and that's yeah. why I like it so much. Cause in it's bittersweetness. It feels real. Cause like life is mostly kind of bittersweet like that. Like mm-hmm. life is both ridiculous and funny and just tough and depressing. And it kind of hits all those beats. Yeah. Um, I don't have to go to therapy anymore. I did it all here. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> welcome to Chris therapy, po- therapy talk. Um, but no, I, I mean, <clears throat> I, I've talked about, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but I've talked about it uh, a lot outside of that, but mm-hmm. kind of the, how, how the idea of the meet cute is um, ruining, not ruining, uh, but it's the biggest hindrance to uh, dating in 2018, 2019. Yeah, I think uh, it's true. Because we have, I mean, I've definitely felt this with a lot of dating apps mm-hmm. where it's like, it doesn't feel like it's a like it could be a real connection because you don't have that like that cute moment. Yeah. And there's even times when like scrolling through uh, girls' pages, and in there it's like we'll tell our parents we met somewhere else. Yeah. Because even if you don't have the meet cute moment, you still want that story. That, that, I think that's the thing is that we're we're you know pretty much almost every single story we're exposed to through television, film, books, everything has this romantic element to it as a subplot or a primary plot. Mm-hmm. And so we're so used to have like romance is a story, but it's not, it's living a life. Yeah. And so it doesn't have necessarily like that, that really adorable meet cute moment, or maybe you do have that moment and then guess what? It doesn't work out cause you're not compatible people. Yeah. Um, but no, I see that all the time too. Of like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, we'll tell our parents we met at a bar. I'm like, I will tell my parents we met on grinder. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, there was a, a great quote that I found that, um, <clears throat> I, so I, quick tangent, uh, I binged all of series of unfortunate events in a day. Oh, the final season? Because it's so good. I need, I need to watch it. Uh, and it just like almost doubled my list of favorite quotes. <laughs> uh, but there's one, it wasn't from, it wasn't from the series, but I was looking up like other things that the Illumini Snicket had said. Mm-hmm. And one of them is love can change a person the way a parent can change a baby awkwardly and often with a great deal of mess. Oh, and I feel like that is exactly what that's really we're, sweet. The point we're trying to get across. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, I think life isn't clean. Mm-hmm. It's often messy. And I think 
the the stories and so like the movies that kind of spoke to me a lot this year had that element to it a little yeah. bit. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think that's true of crazy rich Asians. I think it's true of Incredibles too. It's very, very true of love Simon. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's finding yeah, all that all of these, my, yeah, my list is also all like kind of broken households. Searching is the daughter runs away or goes missing. Thoroughbreds, they're trying to kill the parent. Yeah. Telly is just a completely fucked up household. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love Simon. And then Spider-Man's the exception. But I mean, but you know, Spider-Man two is about how life is messy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like, he's given the opportunity to go to this like really awesome boarding school, but for him, it just makes him feel more alone. And that was exactly what I went through. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if, if you had, if your parents had also planned your every, every minute of life until you're 18. Um, but in, uh, when I left elementary school, I left all of my friends behind to go to a private middle school. Yeah. Hated that. Yeah. And then in middle school, I hated it so much that, uh, in fifth grade, I, I tried to tank my grades. Oh my God. Uh, just <laughs> so I couldn't get in. You tried to pull miles. Yeah. Um, and then in middle school, my two best friends were going to a different high school, mm-hmm. and I wanted to go with them. But no, you had I had to go to Jesuit. And I, 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 I mean, I tell a million stories about my high school experience. It was weird and and crazy and amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was also in the same boat of like I those, those first like month or two, I didn't have many friends. Yeah. I hated I hated that school. Um, it's like I I definitely get that kind of tension between kid and parent of like yeah they're they're wanting the best for you they're giving you everything but you just can't see it yet mm-hmm. well, yeah i mean it's it's like the it's you know parents want the best for you mm-hmm. but because they're not you they're not living in your life there is conflict between what they think is the best for you and what you actually think is the best. I mean, yeah. that that's actually relevant in a lot of the movies. Like, I mean, it's part of, like, Incredibles, too, right? The kids really want to become superheroes, and the parents are like, no, it's illegal, we need to protect you. Mm-hmm. And it's finding that kind of balance. There's an element of that in Spider-Verse, too. There's it's their kind of own version in Love, Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I mean, that's just, like, a common thing of, like... You know, it's funny, you said, like, you know, your parents planned out like your first 18 years like my parents didn't do that they didn't like plan out what my life was going to look like but they had an idea of what my life would look like in the future that was actually like the crux of the conflict around me coming out was it wasn't they had a problem with me being gay was that they had an idea what my life was going to be and i was basically like nope yeah but the good thing that came out of that was it forced them to acknowledge that and it forced me to like have to stand up for myself like no this is the life i want to live and that would have been the case even I wasn't gay because I still want to move to LA and go mm-hmm. into film and not be an accountant or an engineer like everyone else. And you know, it's just like part of growing up and becoming your own identity and yeah. Shit. It's got deep. We got real. God damn it. <laughs> we got very real. I'm going to cut this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, there's, there's a few more that I want to talk about because making a top five is hard. Yeah. Uh, and I have, I, I basically have two, two ish more that, that I wanted to put on the list, but didn't quite speak. Not not superhero films. Yeah, that didn't that didn't uh, get due justice. It's like yeah, like honorable mentions. Yes. Okay. It's yes. so like what are your criteria for honorable mentions? Like just movies that you loved that didn't make it onto your list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll just do yours, then we'll do mine. Okay. So uh, I I only have I only have two. Okay. Um, there's one that I watched when it came out, and you I think just watched recently. Mm-hmm. You did not like it as much as I did. It was eighth grade. Okay. Well. That's not fair. I liked it. Okay. It's on my list of honorable mentions, actually. Oh, perfect. Okay, we'll talk about this real quick. So, okay, what what did you 
What were your thoughts on it? I loved this movie. It it was very real, and it yes. While watching it, yes, I was in a ball of cringe, just like trying to get through it. Yeah, I watched it from behind my fingers. Yeah, most of the time, it was like watching a horror movie in some ways <laughs> yeah, because the horror was our life. Yeah, it's oh. Bo Burnham did such a good job capturing what middle school and early high school life is like. Yeah, to such a uncomfortable degree yes oh yeah but it's it's also something like don't watch this with anyone like if you watch watch me watch it alone watch it by yourself do not watch it with someone you're dating Mm -hmm. do not watch it with a parent i was gonna say worst of all don't watch it do not watch it with a parent (laughs) no watch it watch it by yourself and just be okay with the fact that you're not okay watching it yes but don't ever don't don't let it simmer no like if if you're watching it watch it all. power through yeah yeah like that's what i did I, I rented on itunes and i'm like okay i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna just, i'm gonna really watch this i, I think maybe one pause break because like yeah. i knew if i got into that habit <laughs> i would never finish it and look it is amazing it's so it's, good like i think it's one of the best movies i saw this year hands yeah. down it just wasn't one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. um because it's so real and it's so hard to watch like i could never watch it again same because it was so, it's not it's not painful, but it's just it's you're right. It's so cringy, mm-hmm. but it perfectly it's captures. It's so real. Yeah, it just it perfectly captures how awkward it is to be like 13 years old. Well, because we have so much media that shows kind of the comedic side of it. My fingers on my face right now. Yes, just thinking about, thinking about it. About it's, like, it. it's stressing me out thinking about it. We have so much media that kind of plays up the comedic side of adolescence. Yeah, and and especially this year, one of the biggest series for me was um, Big Mouth. Oh, which is yeah. literally the polar opposite of <laughs> of eighth grade. I think that's fair. Yeah, um, we have like eighth. We have we have that, and then we have obviously um, the show that ever Stranger Things. Stranger Things, where yeah. it's kind of all the guys going through that stuff, it, yeah. and it never dives into the real shit of middle school, and it's it's kids learning about sex. Yeah, it's no, it's very it's very very real. I mean, the fact that like the the lead actress, you know, I mean, she's got acne all over her face she's mm-hmm. super awkward like everyone in it is really really awkward yeah like, they're, god they're, the fucking the the male friend oh when they go to the chicken nugget dinner yes. and he's like and he oh I, I just left this certificate here and he, he does this thing with his arms which only like 13 year olds do they don't know where to put their arms and he's like weirdly gesticulating and he's like kind of robotic but mm-hmm. he's like trying so hard to be natural and it's so fucking real yeah it hurts and then he, he, he like does a horrible Rick and Morty impression. Oh. And I'm like, fuck, that was me. Oh, my God. I know. I, I, I apologize that anyone had to listen to my terrible Boss Nass impression in mm-hmm. the year 1999. But oh. what, what's, what's worse for me is in eighth grade, I tried to start a YouTube channel. I 100% <laughs> tried to do what she did. I did three videos. What were they and about? And I stopped. What were they about? Weirdly enough, I tried to be a newscaster. So you, what news were you covering? Uh, I was I was basically doing hand-me-down news. It's because there was a YouTuber that I still adore to this day, <laughs> Phil DeFranco. Uh, and I'd, I've been watching his videos for 11 years now. Okay. Like he, he was one of the first YouTubers I found. And I'd basically take his stories and just re-edit them with me talking. I love it. Mm-hmm. But but I would I would do like, I tried to be like a funnier per I tried to do like a kids um, John Stewart kind of thing mm-hmm. where I just learned Photoshop and so all the stories I would have like a twist and I'd Photoshop something into the photo. Oh my god, uh, that that is so you right? It's so delightful. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we we we're not far off from that now if you think about it. 
it's just you and I talk about like comic book movie news and, yeah. and try and mostly and fail to be funny. What, what so. I also can't handle is back then I, I go through my time hop. <laughs> I had to delete time hop. Time hop. Oh, I, I tr- yeah, I can't. I, I, uh, I don't even want to remind it of stuff from a year ago. I'm like, look at that child. Yeah. Look at that sweet, innocent lamb. But I was so horrible on the rumor mill back then oh. that I, I uh, comic book movie was my homepage at that point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pretty much and, the same. And, anything was posted because th- back then nothing was confirmed. Yeah. It was just like people being like, you know what I think Yeah, is this is happening. And I took that and took it as fact. And it would post on my Facebook, like uh, Megan Fox is going to play the new Catwoman." Uh, meow. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. But no, I, I try and I would try and like engage. I treated it as like early social media. I treated it as early Twitter where I would try and engage uh, with my Facebook friends. Also, Twitter would have been around then, Cameron. Yep. Just saying. I know. And I didn't use it. I mean, no one did. No one does. Um, but I'd be like, like, Megan Fox is playing the new Catwoman. What do you think about that? And no one responded. No one, yeah. Oh, God, I love it, though. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to think if I have, like, a super... I don't know. My existence was super cringeworthy back then. Mm-hmm. Was, oh. It is for everybody. Okay, no, okay, I got one good one. Uh, my eighth grade year, there was a girl I had a crush on. Look how times have changed. And I, like, got... Do, a, do, do you want to change the pronouns just to make it more comfortable for you to talk about? No, it's fine. <laughs> I can talk about this. Uh, I, like, finally got up with the courage to ask her out to, like, one of the last dances of the year. And she was, like, nice enough to say yes. And so we went, and I was like, oh, let's, like, go and, like, take a picture, that sort of stuff. And she she was, to her credit, just, like, a total sweetheart and just, like, being nice and going along with it and, like, mm-hmm. not being – she was a champ. She was absolutely awesome just given how fucking awkward I was. I mean, if you want I, – I can talk about my awkward stories and just make <sighs> you feel so much more comfortable. I mean, that might help because, like, she – we had this, like, we had, like, that whole summer, like, I had this photo. I'm like, oh, like, I like her. Like, we're talking a day, blah, blah. And it's like, of course, nothing ever came out of it. I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, how fucking painful – uh, it helps to talk about it. So in, uh. in seventh grade, we're just going to make this all about confession hour now. I love it. In seventh grade, there was a girl who I'm still friends with to this day mm-hmm. uh, named Caitlin. And I had the biggest crush on her in middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I we we had a uh, a school trip that all ended at CeCe's Pizza. Okay. And I remember winning. I, I played like the crane game and I won like a, like a stuffed rose. And I remember giving it to her uh, at a dance. Uh, oh, oh, but just you wait. Because the next dance I had to one-up myself. Uh, and I went to Target with my little money that I had and went to the jewelry section. And I bought a necklace, not knowing anything. And it was like a $7 necklace that I thought was was the most extreme thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, just I did the same thing with that girl, too, over the summer. I bought her a necklace when I was in Hawaii. Clearly never gave it to her. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, my flirting back then was uh, there was a girl named Heather who has since also come out of the closet. Right on, Heather. <laughs> yeah. Um, and our, 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 the way we would flirt is I liked to draw back then, mm-hmm. uh, but I hated coloring, and she was great at, at that side of it. And so I would draw anime characters Uh and hand them off to her in the middle of class and she would color them. And then we'd, I'd I'd like hang them up of like Heather and I did this together. That's actually really adorable though. Yeah. Like that's actually like really sweet. (laughs) That's not cringy. No, that's every, everything with Caitlin was cringy. Yeah. It's so, so much of it is. Yeah. 
Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I um, keep going on confession hour here. Over the break, I actually got a chance to catch up with my high school girlfriend from senior year. Oh. Which is, is really fun. I hadn't really seen her since we, we graduated. Mean, I'm, still, I'm still close with my, my high school girlfriend. Yeah. Like, no, we, I mean, we still talk every break. Yeah. Like, you know, she's, she's awesome and she's really funny. Like, it goes to show why I liked her back then because she came up to me and she gives me a big hug. She's like, oh, like, I hear there's no chance of rekindling your old romance. <laughs> and she follows it up with, I would never date someone in the film industry. <laughs> you are awesome. You are funny. So, no, no, we were sitting down, like, catching up, and I did have that moment where I had to explain, like, like by the way, like, don't think you were, like, a beard or something for me, and I was trying to hide. Like, I was genuinely liked you. I just, like, also tried to, like, figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. But it was just even, like, navigating, like, talking, like, just the weird, like, tiptoeing into, like, sexual space that the two of us had because none of us knew what we were doing, and I was super awkward. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, you always felt so confident back then. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What did you see? You're talking about me. Read me, right? Me? No, 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 no. You weren't but... cheating on me with another Chris? <laughs> but it was a, like one of the most fun conversations I've had with someone recently. Yeah. It was it was amusing more than it was cringy to go back and reminisce. Well, yeah, that, that's whenever I see my high school ex, we, we have the same. We always start on some other topic, and it ends with, us talking about how just disgusting we were yeah. in high school because it was, you know, prime Facebook days. Yeah. Uh, we, we both had computers at our school and so we, we, we were separate schools. Mm-hmm. So we talked constantly. And if someone didn't respond to a, a Facebook message, you'd write on their wall as kind of their punishment. Oh, and, so mean. Oh, man. We went through, I guess this was three or four years ago, we went through everything we wrote on each other's wall. Oh. And it was the most like... I don't remember if you remember from the office when Michael and what's her face first start dating. Holly. Holly first start dating, and they're that like disgusting, like can't stop touching each other kind yeah. of disgusting. And that's what we were. Oh. And like neither of us want to admit that, but that is one hundred percent what we, and like virtually. Yeah. And it was so gross. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we had the worst nicknames for each other. What were they? Uh, I was. Oh God, this hurts to even say on on air. You can do it. I believe in uh, you. I was I was Mr. Monkey and she was Miss Penguin. Aww, because those were our two favorite animals. That's adorable. Was it? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of cute. <laughs> it is kind of cute. It was not. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this is what eighth grade will do to you. It yeah, just, it, it'll bring it'll, up it'll, all it'll, of these memories. It'll do this. I'd say like. You watch it, have a friend watch it, watch it separately, and then yes. get together and just do this exact thing. You just start, like, sharing all the th- cringy moments of your own life that it reminded you of. Yeah. <sighs> but it's great, though. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll do my second honorable mention really quick, because yeah. I, I, I feel like it might be on your list as well. Okay. Maybe not, because you, you worked on this movie. Uh, Green Book. Oh! I, I my honorable mention. I almost put it on there. I really love this movie. Again, it's something that I was not expecting. Yeah. It was so warm and charming. Mm-hmm. I was not ready for that. It is. It's very, it's, yeah, it's very good. It's warm, it's charming, it's funny. Um, no, I, I think it's really good. I think mm-hmm. there's, we've talked about it a bit, there's some very valid criticisms around it. Yeah. Um, but I I think it was made with good intentions, mm-hmm. and, and I think that carries through. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's it's great. Everyone should go watch that. It is. It's a it's, nice it's, movie. It's a really pleasant movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like the movie that's definitely designed for, like, old white people to like. I was going to say, like, if you want to appease your parents by picking the movie, pick this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's designed for old white people, but also maybe they're the people who should be seeing it. Yeah. That's how I think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my last movie uh, for the 11th year in a row, Speed Racer still makes the list. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking to someone <laughs> recently about Speed Racer, how it's like, 
it's either a one or a five. And it's a fucking six. But it, you don't know where it is. It, g- it goes from moment to moment. So I, I think here's, going to put, here's what I said about Speed Racer. The, the acting's actually really good. The actors always knew the tone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the directors didn't. Yes, whenever Sprite was on screen. Yes, it, it gets overly kiddy at some point, and I would love to see someone go through and do an edit that cuts all that stuff out. Me too. Yeah, because I think in that point, it becomes too obviously like self-aware and mm-hmm. when it's just kind of like like simmering in the background of the self-awareness then it works yeah but that movie is visually spectacular it's so pretty also michael Giacchino, great score that's right listen to it all the time mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay so speed racer again yeah number one on my list somehow tops the list every year every year it's on the honorable mentions <laughs> uh okay i have four honorable mentions one of them which is eighth grade before i talked about okay. it and like i'd say the thing about these these three movies is they are all incredibly well made. They just weren't movies that are necessarily like fell into my, my favorites categories. I didn't love them, mm-hmm. but I think they are incredibly representative of like their genre of their style of filmmaking. So one is Roma, of course, which I've talked about before. That I think it's probably the best movie I've seen this year, if not one of my personal favorites. But it is legitimately like a masterpiece, and from I'm sure Alfonso Cuarón's perspective, flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to someone recently about it. It's really, really fucking good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the craft of it's incredible. Um, for similar reasons, Mission Impossible Fallout is on my list. Okay. I, I was I was hesitant to put it on my list. I came close. It, it almost took five for me. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's so good. It's really, really good. It's someone who... It's made by filmmakers, so primarily Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise, who've worked together a lot mm-hmm. over the last like decade, who really know what they're doing. And I think... Tom Cruise is an insane person. Yes. But I think he's also a very competent filmmaker. And I think he knows what he's doing in terms of making movies. I think he is just trying to find the most creative way to die. I think so. I think he is trying to find a way to get paid to kill himself. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, like, that's what he wants to be known for is like. Yeah. I mean, if you were him, that's the best way to go. Like, Did you guys hear about Tom Cruise? Yeah. Because, like, the older he gets, the harder it is to do the things that he loves. So, obviously, he would totally want to go yeah. out, like, falling off of a helicopter. I heard he got in a fight with a shark, but then, like, a kraken came and ate him. I think he's going to finally find a way to make a movie in space and then, like, something's going to go wrong. Like a hatch is actually going to get open and he's going to get sucked into space and he's just going to be floating. I just feel like, keep filming, keep filming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he wants to become a literal star just yes. like orbiting around <laughs> the planet. But I mean, fall Don't out. Don't you turn that goddamn camera off. Keep rolling, we got this. It's going to be gold. Um, no, I mean, that movie, it's incredibly well made. I think if there's one weakness is that you kind of have to see um, Rogue Nation first because it really mm-hmm. does fall on from Rogue Nation. Yeah, but I mean, just the the approach to filmmaking they have. I'd say if you're gonna go watch it, and then also there's like two or three Empire movie podcasts talking about it. Uh, go listen to those because they're just super long interviews with Christopher McQuarrie, and he explains just like the level of detail they went into to make this sort of stuff and how a lot of it's improvised, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about them like making up as a go this action movie. But it's just it's really really good. Um, and the last one I have is Paddington 2. Of course. It's delightful. It is one of the most charming films ever made. There's a it, girl in my boxing class, with, in my 8 o'clock class with me every day, who loves this film. So, like, every, almost every day I see her, she talks about Paddington. Yeah. It, like, it, how do I describe it? I feel like it is both a three-star film and also a film that has, like, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and those are both accurate. Like it's not amazing or exceptional what it does, but it is just incredibly sweet and charming and sincere. 
Um, I actually just read an article recently basically arguing why can't something like Paddington 2 get nominated for Best Picture? It's a great question. Because, I mean, it's it's not, you know, on the like the technical achievement level of Roma. It, it's not that sort of like really intricate, granular, huge filmmaking scale with this very like deep story. It's just like really pleasant. Yeah. And it, it's crazy that that still has so much attention. <clears throat> when we got a little Winnie the Pooh movie this year that no one has talked about. It's fine. We I also liked got it. a Winnie the Pooh movie last year that also no one is talking about. What was the one last year? Was it the animated one? Uh, no, it was uh, the Christopher Robin movie. Well, that was this year. <clears throat> well, in 2018, we got Christopher Robin. No, that was the um, Ewan McGregor one. There yeah. was one last year with Donald Gleason. They both came out last year. They both came out in 2018. I don't think... No, I think that... Unless I'm... No, no, no. Because yeah. the, um, the first one came out end of 2017. Unless that was a limited release. Goodbye. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes, Goodbye, goodbye Chris okay. Robin, yeah. Yes. Because that movie is about... Writing Winnie the Pooh. Writing Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's actually like really kind of dark and heavy. Uh, yeah, because it's it's him dealing with PTSD. Yeah. But yeah, so we, you're right. We did get two of them. Christopher Robin was fine. Because that was... Was, that, was it also that year we got um, writing uh, Scrooge? What movie was that? It, it starred... Oh, The Man Who Invented Christmas? Yes. With um, Dan Stevens? Yes. I think that, that was, was also 2017. That was 2017. Yeah. yeah, never saw it. Heard it was fine. I want I want to see both of them. Yeah, heard it was, heard it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think, like, go watch Paddington 1 and 2. I, th- I know the first one's on Netflix, maybe the it second is. one is now. It, it, they are just, like, the most pleasant, heartwarming films you'll ever see. And, yes. and they're, especially the second one gets kind of... Um, like Wes Anderson esque, mm-hmm. like Paddington accidentally washes all the prison uniforms because he randomly goes to prison in the second one. Of course, uh, with like a red sock, and so they all come out pink. They took off. Pa- they took Paddington off Netflix. <gasps> it's on Hulu. Are they worth owning? I guess they're. they're kind of, I think they're worth owning. They're good. I mean, they're yeah, great they're, iTunes movies. They're good if you have family. If you have younger family members, it's always just like nice to have on hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are my honorable mentions. So. And then, uh, were there any movies this year that you missed that you want to try and catch up on? Like you're you're going forward, like you got to catch up. Yes, yeah, our, our our almost bat plugs. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I have a handful that I didn't get to see that are supposed to be amazing. Um, the top of my list uh, is a is kind of a the kind of top two of my list are kind of weird ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Upgrade is my number one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Which has been pitched to me. It people have been telling me to watch it all year. But someone recently pitched it as a better, as as the better Venom movie. I've heard it called that, yeah. It was fucking, it was, Weekly Planet called it that. Yes, <laughs> they, they called it, it that, yeah. Uh, so I want to see Upgrade. Um, uh, Mandy, which is the new Nicolas Cage film, I've heard oh, it's just very yeah. bizarre. Uh, and again, it's getting a lot of praise, and so I'm going to go check that out. Um the two kind of Oscar Beatty movies are Black Klansmen. Okay, I had a lot of hype behind it, and all my friends who saw it said it was unbelievable. Um, I want to see that, and then You Were Never Really Here mm-hmm. is kind of Amazon's big movie of this year. Um, I want to see that, and then my last one is kind of a weird pick. It's a Japanese film called Shoplifters. You were telling me a bit about this, uh, and it's about a family of kind of petty thieves and cons who find an orphan girl and try to adopt her. Mm-hmm. But in order to go through the legal process, kind of all of their family secrets are, are coming out. Okay. And so it's kind of the, the fight of like, how do we protect this girl while still doing what we do? Oh, interesting. And it, it, when I 
when I first pitched it, it sounded like a comedy, but it, it's supposed to be very like heartwarming. Yeah, it, like, it sounds like a setup for a comedy, film. but yeah. yeah, that sounds really cool actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you with your fancy foreign language films. Yeah, I, I mean know. Japanese. I can handle that. It's live yeah. action too. I don't know if I'm into the Japanese Ooh. live action film. Oh man, yeah. Cameron, nothing not like Wolf Children. You might need to slow down a little bit here. I think you so. might be trying to take on too much at the same time. I, I absolutely am. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Wolf Children? I think you told me about it. It's great. It sounded very emotional. It sounded fucking weird. It's about a girl who falls in love with a werewolf. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you. I think. I think. Actually, I think we've had a long conversation about this movie once before. But the wolf pups. Chris. I get it. I the get it. The wolf pups. I get it. There are wolf pups. There are dogs. How does a how does a human woman handle raising two werewolf children? I don't know. No one does. I don't want to hear the mechanics no of does. that. I just don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Uh, what was yeah. up, what's on your? I, I uh, have sheer. I have a few yes yeah, so like a few kind of Oscar Beatty films um, that I never saw Boy Erased that yes I also really want to see that which one. was really intense uh, Vox Lux I heard that was very weird I read the script that's why I want to see it okay um, I worked I was an intern at the production company that made it um, and so I read the script and especially the opening is very very weird mm-hmm. so I'm really curious how it came out so that's yeah. one um, I never saw Isle of Dogs. Really? And I really wanted to. It's delightful. Yeah, because um, the Grand I Budapest Hotel is... Well, it's a delightful podcast. episode. It is. It's a delightful day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Grand Budapest Hotel is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually, I haven't seen most of Wes Anderson's work. Okay. Um, I've actually only seen that in Moonrise Kingdom. I had a... Was it you that was trying to watch them in reverse? Yes. Okay. Oh, fuck. I'm going to break... I mean, I guess I can still watch Isle of Dogs and have it work. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I feel like Wes Anderson would appreciate watching his oeuvre in reverse. Um, Isle of Dogs. Have you ever heard of The Death of Stalin? I have. It's a comedy mm-hmm. about Stalin, and it's made by Armando Iannucci, um, who most people would know him from being the creator of Veep, which oh. is one of the funniest fucking shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and then he also did um, uh, The Thick of It slash In the Loop with Peter Capaldi, which was kind of like a precursor to Veep. But that's about um, an employee in, I think it's maybe British, maybe Scottish government. But Peter Capaldi plays this, it's like, I think it's like Ian Malcolm, not Ian Malcolm, that's fucking Jurassic Park. Malcolm something, but he plays like this hard swearing, just abrasive guy. And I've, I've seen clips from it and there's some very creative swearing in that. But I've heard <laughs> Death of Stalin's good. I uh, never saw Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <gasps> Chris. Which I, I need to go watch. Chris, I've seen that twice. <laughs> I, and how much I talked about how, I, that I love the title and I haven't seen it, it's atrocious. Um, I never saw Blockers, which I heard was actually a really good. That was, I almost put that in my. A really good big my, studio comedy. Yes, I almost put that in my. In my honorable mentions, just because it like <clears throat> that and Game Night were surprising comedies. Game Night was good. I liked yeah. Game Night a lot. Yeah, um, so that's on there. And then two documentaries: uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor." You never saw that? Never saw it. I need to. I also almost put that in my honorable. I've heard mentions. it's amazing. Yeah. And then um, three identical strangers. Okay, that, that which I also heard was yeah. really good. Yeah, um, I, I heard a lot of these movies because when RBG came out, I was like helping with publicity a little bit on it, and so. Mm-hmm. You, you I, mean, yeah, I read a lot of articles about the summer of docs, and those yes. are the three that everyone always talked about. I still haven't seen those, and I need to. Mm-hmm. So I just saw on the basis of sex. We'll talk about that off air. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go see that, guys. It's good. Mm-hmm. Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg. She's a badass. Yes, but I think that's gonna gonna wrap it up. Yes, for this this 
epic two-parter 2018 <laughs> recap. Yes. Um, but yeah, we would love to know what some of your guys' favorite movies were of this last year and what you're looking forward to in uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, so we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. And I am at Lordifer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you want to see my art, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. If you want to see my face, you can find that at CamDexter underscore Adventures. Uh, and I'm about to go to the parks, so get ready for more Disney photos. Yeah, more Disney! Yes, I'm not blacked out anymore. <laughs> He's finally conscious again. I'm finally <laughs> conscious. I stopped drinking. I'm not going to explain it. They good can figure you. that out on their own. Yeah, good for you. Thanks, everybody. All right, thanks, everyone. Bye.